Hello and welcome to One to Grow On, a show where we dig into questions about agriculture and try to understand how food production impacts us and our world. My name is Hallie Casey and I studied and currently work in agriculture. And this week, we've got Catherine. What is up, friends and fans? Can I call them our friends and fans? I think they're our friends and family. <laughs> <laughs> These are our, our podcast family people. Yes. What is up, glorious podcast family? I have missed you. You're near and dear to my heart. <laughs> my heart singular. I just have one. <laughs> time Lord over here. Yeah. Secret Time Lord. Okay. Today we are talking about... We are talking about compost. Oh my God. I'm so excited to talk about compost. You can hear how big my smile is right now. You can. I have like this big, 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 big smile. <laughs> I can't say bad words on the podcast. <laughs> um. So my first question is, like, how does it work? What is the science? The science of compost? Yes. Wait, wh- which end? So you put food in. Yeah. And you get, like, a type of fertilizer out. No. You get something else yeah, that's correct. not food out. Yes, that is correct. Yes. How does it go from food to not food? And yeah, for, that's the that's the first question. Okay, first question. Um, basically, there is fungus. There is little little tiny little bugs. We called microbes, um, which include bacteria, include fungus, include. Um, there are some arthropods in there as well, like little muncher guys. But it's a lot of bacteria. It's a lot of fungus little microbe guys that um, it, it's called aerobic composting is the one that people are most familiar with. There are other kinds of composting that are anaerobic. The one people are most familiar with is aerobic, meaning with oxygen. So basically it gets hot. These little guys eat and they breathe and then it they poop it out on the other side and it's different. Just like us. Hmm. Interesting. So my next question, <laughs> what, what? Nothing, you're just like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, it's microbe poop. I mean, essentially, yeah, funguses don't really poop, but that's basically, if you boil it down, what it is, yes. I don't understand funguses, and they scare me. Okay, cool, <laughs> I cannot get into that right now. That's like a whole, like, we could do like a 10 episode series on just that statement alone. <laughs> um. So my next question is, yeah. what can you compost? Before you answer it, my rudimentary understanding is v- plants mm-hmm. and eggshells, but not meat. You can compost things you can eat and then also other things that are plants. So like anything you can eat? Yeah. Could I compost a Cheeto? Yeah, you could totally compost a Cheeto for sure. Oh my God. Cheetos would compost real easily. What? Wow. Game changer. Yeah. In your home composter, usually it doesn't get hot enough to process things like cheeses and meats and other dairy products fast enough um, before you start. Basically, it starts to smell and attract vermin, which is why they say usually you don't want to compost things like meat. Um, Sometimes they say don't do eggshells in your backyard composter. But in like an industrial processor, like we live here in Austin and I have like a little compost green roller bin that I put out with my trash and my recycling that's going to like this big massive facility and those facilities get like over 150 Fahrenheit and they're able to really easily break down whatever it is that I send out there so I could send them with 
like literally like logs and like those microbes would be able to munch them down what it's insane what about like an oreo because i heard that there's like nothing natural in an oreo and that's why it's vegan no that's not true that's definitely (laughs) not true and they can definitely break down in a compost yeah (laughs) okay good um okay so again going with the i heard um i heard that those compostable plastic bags that Mm. you get from trader joe's i heard that they're not actually compostable in your home compost and then you have to take them to like a special industrial compost is that yes that's true okay yeah you can't compost any i mean i guess depending on like how intense you are about your home compost like i've known people who have like really really hot home compost if you got one of those They'll probably break it down, but it's, it just has to do with the heat because the heat is comparable to the like level of microbes and like how much they can actually do. Um, so yeah, usually you can only take those two really big industrial composts because they are thicker. It's like, you know, stuff that you would not be able to eat. Your home microbes would also not be able to eat versus like hmm. you're taking it to like the professional microbes who are okay. like, that's Side their question. job. Yes. Um, you mentioned that it has to get hot. Mm-hmm. Can you just like heat no. your compost? No. No. Okay. Because it's, it's not just about like the level of temperature. Like the temperature is like a proxy for the microbial activity, mm. right? So the enzymes and the microbes are doing their thing and all of that processing, that's energy, right? And so that's creating heat energy. And so that is how you know how many microbes you have that are doing their thing. So if you just add heat to it, I mean, it'll keep them nice and toasty, but it's not going to add the like microbes. Sounds legit. Can it get too cold to compost? Yeah. Well, so it doesn't really get too cold to compost. It just gets cold and then they get sad and don't want to work anymore. I mean, same. <laughs> yeah. So like oftentimes if you live somewhere where it snows, they suggest that you have a little roof for your compost so that there's no snow on there so that they're mm. still nice and toasty. But like it'll still be like over 100 degrees Fahrenheit in your compost, even if it's like the dead of winter in what? Minnesota. Like those guys are good. What? They have a lot. To, as long as they have enough to eat. Right. Yeah. They'll keep mm. trucking. Crazy. Okay, so my next question is what is the difference between composting and rotting slash is there a difference? Mm, Okay, that's a good question. There's not really much of a difference other than like speed. So like if you took like a carcass or something that was rotting and you put it into a compost pile, it would begin to compost because you just have... That exact more, more scenario yeah. was a plot point on a crime show I watched one time. What? Tell me. It was Bones. Okay, tell me more. I, I don't know. Is it too graphic for the podcast to talk about dead bodies? I don't know. That's your call. <laughs> You're the producer. <laughs> There's like, they found a dead body in a compost pile and it had been like cooked and they had to like solve this murder, but it was like really, really hard because the dead body had been in the compost pile. But it turned out that I think his stepdaughter or strange daughter killed him on accident whoa yeah he was like paying for her apartment so it was like a whole big deal wow okay yes uh yeah basically it's just like a matter of time so if you leave things out without like that microbial infrastructure then they're just gonna like start to rot and they're not gonna have it's it's just gonna go a lot slower and so things are gonna start to smell and it's just gonna be bad and you're gonna get maggots but if you have a well-controlled compost system then none of that stuff will happen like compost systems that are well managed don't smell bad Mm. and like you don't really get that many other invertebrates in there it's mostly just like your microbes Hmm. 
Okay. Um, so the next question I have is why does it get so hot and how hot does it get? But I think you already answered that unless you have anything else you want to say on that. Nope. That's pretty much, that's the deal. Yeah, you got it. Nice. So I want to know. Yeah. What do you do with compost? I know that it has to do with plants. I know that it's for soil health. Is there anything else? Is it just for your soil? Is it for your plants? Is it, I mean, I guess they're intertwined. Yeah, it is very intertwined. Um, basically, the compost itself does not have any nutrition, really. There's mm. not really any nutrients in the compost. Um, so, like I said earlier, it's not fertilizer. Mm-hmm. What fertilizer is, like fertilizer is mineral and it has certain amounts of different minerals in it so like nitrogen yeah 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 like nitrogen phosphorus uh potassium it has like specific amounts of those that it says like 34 percent nitrogen on the bag or something like Mm -hmm. that compost does not have that compost has those little guys the microbes our little little friends our little buddies that go you put them in the soil and then they like do their thing and they move around and they can break off nutrients that are already in your soil. Okay. Yeah. So like sometimes nutrients get stuck to the dirt in the soil, like the actual rock particles, the little like soil particles. And so if you have more fungus, if you have more bacteria, if you have little nematodes, like if you have all these little guys in the soil, they're going around, they're chomping their own stuff. They're just eating their food, right? Mm-hmm. That is nitrogen, potassium, phosphorus. There, That's all these different nutrients that are in the soil. They're, it's going to come out the other end in a different form, in a different shape. And it's probably going to get unstuck from that actual soil particle, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? And what, is, is what I'm saying making sense? Yeah. So, like, what I'm getting is that there is little bits of, like, nutrients that are, like, plant food. And they're just, like chilling in the soil mm-hmm. and they're not actually helping the plants because they're like stuck to little soil particles yeah yeah and then the little buggers come around yes and they just like knock them off <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean they they, they kind of like eat them and process them and it comes out the other end and it's just in a different shape and the plants can then take them up um and they also can do other things like some of the fungus that we put in there can like take N2, which is atmospheric nitrogen, and mm-hmm. turn it into like NO3, which is like a physical actual form of nitrogen the plant can take up. Nice. Yeah. So sometimes it is actually like creating that nutrition, but generally the compost itself is mostly just carbon and then these like live little microbes. So that's like the thing that we do when we're adding compost. Um, and it is very helpful and important. And a lot of organic farmers like use a lot of compost mm. when they're amending their soil because you're bringing so much life into the soil. They talk about that a lot. They talk about the life in your compost. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why sometimes people make it from home. Mm. And usually the stuff you make from home has lots of good life in it because there's not really another way to break it down at home. But sometimes when you buy stuff at the store, it won't have as many of those microbes because maybe... It's a year old, and so they've just kind of died because they don't have a lot to eat in the bag. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the answer to that. That's why we use it. Nice. Um. So when I was a kid, we had like a big compost pile in the backyard, uh-huh. and I remember my dad putting worms in it. Okay. <laughs> why did he do that? Where did he get these worms? Did he dig them up from somewhere I else? have no idea. I was like... 
It would have been between when I was nine and when I was fifteen-ish. That's a long. Did it? Was it like a regular thing? No, I just so it's like I don't remember when it was. I just remember that compost pile being in the house oh, right. we lived in right. during that period of my life. Um, yeah. So that's something different. So. Oh. We had an episode about worms and we talked a little bit about vermicomposting. So you can vermicompost and you do get something out that's different than just standard aerobic microbial composting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, worms do eat food. Usually a compost pile that's like aerobic above ground pile or bin compost is going to be too hot for the little worms. Um, they like it to be pretty moderate. Usually they stay like right at the top of the soil because it's like generally a pretty moderate temperature up there. They don't really go above the soil because it's too cold. They don't really go deep into the soil because what are they going to do down there? And that's just like rocks. Um, but yeah, usually we don't do that because they usually will just die because it's too hot for them. But we do have other forms of composting called vermicomposting that does not involve heat. I remember you did once tell me to make a worm box. Yes. You should definitely make a worm box. There's info on our Patreon about it. (laughs) (laughs) Worm boxes are so cool. One time I had a professor in college who like under her desk at her office just like had a little box of worms and she would like put her lunch scraps in there. Just chilling? Just chilling in there. Just like her little pet worms chilling in her office. What? Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Wow. Peak cool professor. Um... Do we want to take a break? Yeah, please. Let's. Yes. Good. Okay. Thank you so much to our patrons. And especially to our Starfruit patrons, Lindsay and Vikram. And Mama Casey. Mm-hmm. And thank you so much to our very newest patron. RC. RC, thank you so much for joining us over on our Patreon. We are so hashtag psyched to have you on here, and we love that you are part of our Patreon family. If you are interested in connecting with the show, you can follow us on social media. We've been doing lots and lots of fun things. We just did a a leaf quiz for Thanksgiving, so if you want to check out your Thanksgiving leaf knowledge, you can find that on our Twitter. Yes, we're on Twitter. We're also on Instagram at OneToGrowOnPod, so come connect with us. All right, we're back from the break. Y'all, nice to see you again. (laughs) (laughs) We missed you. It's been a long time. It's been a while. Yep. I feel like I should ask you for a nature fact because that's what you do with your dad, but... Oh, that's good. I don't... Oh, I've got one. Did I say this on the worm episode? I don't remember. Worms have gizzards like turkeys and chickens. I don't know if you said that on the worm episode, but that's a good one. It's a good fact regardless. Nice. You have to do the nature fact theme now. Because I said the fact. Da, 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 da. Nature fact. Ah! <laughs> I've never done that before. You did it great. You did it so beautifully and gracefully. Thank you. Thank you. Um. So the next thing I wanted to ask about yeah. is we talked about why you compost for like you personally and your own plants. Yeah. But... Does it have any impact on, like, the environment or climate change or, like, I read this one study. Mm. It's not even a study. It's a report from the UN that I use during work a lot that says that in the next 30 years, the global community is going to have to produce, like, 
twice as much food using 30% less arable land. Mm-hmm. So will compost help us do that? I'm very worried. Okay. So peek behind the curtain, how we do these Catherine episodes. Catherine sends me a list of questions she has, and then I do some research. This is the only question that I did research for because I knew the answers to all the other ones. <laughs> Because I have done a lot of work with compost, mostly around just like teaching about compost. I have like run compost piles in my life, but I have run a lot of composting classes. So in terms of making use of arable land, I'm going to go with the no, not really, not really, no. Um, There's a lot of things that we can do to use our arable lands. Um, There's a lot of very important things, hashtag soil health, but compost is not really tied to them directly like compost it's good to keep organic matter on the field it's good to have lots of microbes in your field you don't really need to compost to do that but there are other ways (laughs) that composting does intersect with climate change and I could not find clear numbers about this and we might not have any yet because a lot of this is still being studied but there is a report from the EPA that said that emissions from landfills here in the U.S. specifically was the third largest source of human-related methane emissions in the U.S. and uh, account for approximately 14% of methane emissions so in 2017. Lot. It's a lot, especially considering that methane as like a molecule is 35 times more potent about than CO2 and actually like warming the environment. So that's why people often talk about, like, they point to beef a lot as, like, really bad for the environment because they have a lot of methane off-gassing. Landfills also have a lot of methane off-gassing, and that's because you don't have those microbes that are converting that carbon back into solid material. So a lot of it just comes off as gas, as those things in the landfill are in an anaerobic system, and they just start to rot. That does not sound good. If composting and rotting are similar though Mm -hmm. could we potentially just like dig up landfills and use that as compost or is there too much like plastic in the land yeah no 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 i mean microbes are not large creatures right so it's very hard for them if there is like a plastic straw or like a plastic cup or like your old cell phone in between them and a banana peel. That's basically game over. Like, there's no way they're getting to that banana peel. They're not big guys. So, no, you you basically just have to have, like, a compost system and then a landfill system. And the landfill system has things that will not biodegrade um, in terms of diverting that organic material. Um, yeah, the stuff that's in landfills now, that's pretty much, like, there. And it will rot and it will off-gas methane. The stuff that we can impact is like what will or won't go to a landfill. Now, compost piles do still give off carbon gases. I don't Hmm. know the breakdown between CO2 versus methane. I don't know if they give off any NO2. But they do give off fewer greenhouse gases than rotting in a landfill. So That is good. We do not want greenhouse gases in our atmosphere. Speak for yourself. No, just kidding. I don't. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that's one way that composting does intersect with climate change. Gucci. I feel like with climate change is one of those things where like everything we can do to make it less severe is good. 
Yeah, and a lot of this, like, I'm kind of, like, on my high horse right now because I've been reading a lot of articles about how asthma inhalers are impacting climate change as someone with asthma. Those. Oh, my God. And it, like, really got under my skin. Um, There's a lot of things that consumers can do to lower their impact on the impending doom of our planet via climate change. Not Taking asthma inhalers should not be on the list. Um, Composting can be on the list. It is hard, especially if you don't live in a city with a municipal compost system or, like, live near a farmer's market where you can go and like take your compost and hot tip if you want you can keep your compost in a in like a bucket in a freezer in the freezer and then it like won't attract bugs it won't start to smell bad and then if you like live somewhere where you could go take your compost like a municipal system or a farmer's market often they have little drop-off places you can take it there like once a week or something like that but um, if you live in an apartment and there's like nothing near you, it is hard. I'm not going to put this weight of the world, as it were, on your shoulders. If it's possible, you should look into it because it is helpful. Like it is long term impactful, but it's not one of like the three things that is like the list of ways that you are really impacting the environment day to day. Can I give a quick shout out real quick? Yeah, please. So one of my best friends and noted patron and friend of the show, Leah Nicole. Hey! has um first of all has an amazing plant instagram and has started composting as part of her plant mom duties but she does this composting in a bucket which you can do if you have limited space and i am very hashtag proud yes there's lots of different indoor systems um the main one is worms we've talked about worms you can technically do aerobic microbial composting inside doesn't work as well because it's very leaky. Um, you can do bakashi composting, which is an anaerobic system that you can you can buy like these fancy tubs so that it's like easy and shiny. But you can also make your own bakashi tub, and it's anaerobic and it's like packed full of yummy goodness for your garden. Um, and it's really easy to do inside. So if you want to compost inside, worms is a way to do it. Worms can't handle a ton of like weight edge they can only eat so much they're very small stomachs so you can overfeed your worms it's like the biggest way that people end up killing their worms is just like overfeeding them but if you have a lot of waste that you want to deal with bakashi is definitely an option nice i love that as somebody who lives in an apartment and cannot compost in my backyard good to know there are options out here there are totally options Okay, my next question is, should you use compost on your houseplant or will it make your house smell bad? Compost should never smell. Okay. Your compost should not smell. Bakashi will smell and any other anaerobic system you've got. They, I mean, obviously they will smell because it's anaerobic. It is without oxygen. It's a whole different thing going on there. It's like all kinds of different. Whole game. But the, like, just anaerobic, straight up compost, it should smell good. It should smell like the earth. Um, Yeah. It should smell fine. It's fine for your houseplants. Uh, it's not great. I mean, it's it's like neutral, you know, like it is good because mm. you're bringing in um, microbes that your plants otherwise would not have interactions with because most of your potting mixes are sterile. Mm-hmm. So that's great. They love that. We love to see it. Very cute for them. Um, mm. But it's also it's not bringing a ton of nutrition. You will still need to add nutrition to your pots. Um, yeah. 
it's good. It's like it's very similar to like a peat moss or something like that mm-hmm. that you would put in your pot. Is so it- you would still need something like perlite or decomposing bark or pebbles or something like that to add aeration probably. It's not going to be the like magic cure-all for your house plant. Amazingly, no. On this show, who would have thought it? There are hard answers. You know what? I just want my plants to do well. They will do well. You're a great plant mom. I'm not. Do you know my mint is not growing? Do you know how weird that is? I mean, I don't think that's on you, though. I think it's on me. Persephone was doing really, really well, and then I repotted her, and then she almost died, and she's still alive, but she's not growing. I love that you named your mint Persephone. It's the cutest look. It's because mints like die and then come back to life (laughs) well there you go (laughs) she's not coming back to life so the last question that i did want to ask you about yeah is can you buy compost like in the store or do you have to make it or have a friend who makes it yeah we talked about this a little bit earlier you can buy it the microbes might not be as healthy it might just mostly be like carbon that you're incorporating which is good it's always good to have more organic matter in your soil it's always good to have more organic matter in your soil it's always good here it's always good i really need to underscore this point you guys <laughs> it's always good to have more organic matter in your soil so hey, adding, Allie, yeah is it is it good it's so good <laughs> it's so good i just i feel so passionately about soil i know uh, okay it's really good to have organic matter in your soil you can get store-bought compost. It's going to be fine. Um, it's going to have that good, good carbon. It's probably going to have some microbial activity, but it has probably been sitting in a bag for eight months. So it's going to have much fewer alive microbes. A lot of them will have, you know, died and their bodies are just, you know, decomposing. Does that count as organic matter then if they're dead microbes? Yeah. I mean, they count as, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Nope. But if you have it, from your own system or from a neighboring system or maybe there's a compost company in your area and you get that fresh stuff straight out straight out of the pile then it's going to be a lot more alive typically you're going to have a lot more of those fresh hopping piping hot little funguses and bacterias and nematodes and all the little guys nice i feel like there's so much that i learned about compost that I did not know, but I also feel like this was just the first step into the world of compost and that there is so much more. There's so much more. That I could, in fact, learn about compost. Compost is such a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. I feel like it's such a look, too, you know? I just feel like people who compost are just like, ugh. I love the composters. I love composting. I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of feeling the vibe, I guess. <laughs> I don't really have a point here. <laughs> Hallie's just a real into comp. Like, I know that if you listen to the show, you get a sense of how into compost Hallie is. I want you to know that she carries that enthusiasm for compost into her daily life <laughs> as a human being. It's true. It's true. It's so true. That's it. That's the episode. All righty. Thanks for listening to this episode of One to Grow On. This show is hosted by me, Hallie Casey, and Chris Casey. It is produced by Catherine RJ and Hallie Casey. Our music is Something Elated by Broke for Free. Connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at One to Grow On Pod. You can find all of our episodes as well as more information about the show and the team on our website, onetogrowonpod.com. Join our community and learn more about each episode at patreon.com slash onetogrowonpod. 
There you can get access to audio extras, fascinating follow-ups, and even custom art created just for you. If you like the show, please share it with your friends. Sharing is the best way to help us reach more ears. Be sure to check out the next episode in two weeks. But until then, keep on growing. Bye, everybody.